Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 372, chapter 54, The Messenger. I managed to bluff and fast talk my way through the majority of the mayor's defenses. The baronet Petter helps me simply by his presence. Being escorted by a recognizable member of the nobility was enough to get me deep inside Alvaron's estate. After that, he soon outlived his usefulness and I left him behind. Once he was out of sight, I put on my most impatient face, asked a busy servant for directions, and made it all the way to the outer door of the mayor's audience chamber before I was stopped by an unassuming man in his middle years. He was portly, with a round face, and despite his fine clothes, he looked like a grocer to me. If not for the several hours I'd spent gathering information in Severinlow, I might have made a terrible mistake and tried to bluff my way past this man, thinking him nothing more than a well-dressed servant. But this was actually the person I was looking for, the mayor's manservant, Stapes. Though he looked like a grocer, he had the aura of true authority about him. His manner was quiet and certain, unlike the overbearing brash one I had used to bully the baronet. How can I help you? Stapes asked. His tone was perfectly polite, but there were other questions lurking beneath the surface of his words. Who are you? What are you doing here? I brought out Count Thrape's letter and handed it over with a slight bow. You would be doing me a great service if you would convey this to the mayor, I said. He is expecting me. Stapes gave me a cool look, making it perfectly clear that if the mayor had been expecting me, he would have known about it ten days ago. He rubbed the end of the page. And a genie came out. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm Nick. That's my name. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. So again, Quoth is doing good roles, a series of good roles here. I also like that we see his research payoff. I feel like in another book that was less carefully attentive to detail, we would have seen Quoth in the cafe to establish that he had done the research, but then that research would like not really come up again. It would just be like assumed. But Quoth makes direct reference to like, I knew because I had been hanging out in this cafe that this guy is a guy that I actually had to treat differently, which I appreciate. Why is it that all of the yeah, why is it that he has to do all of this legwork? Like if if the mayor was really looking for someone that Thrape could find for him who is a talented human being, why is it why why is it so hard for him to be able to do that? It, like if the mayor really wants someone to help him out, he shouldn't make it so hard for them. It's because now there's a ticking clock. If not for the fact that he has pawned everything and has only 11 days to get them back, he could, per, like, theoretically, go up the chain, you know, say, oh, I have this this letter. And then there'd be like, oh, well, the mayor will slot you in, you know, two months from now when he has a chance to talk to a lowly musician who has just come knocking at his door with a letter of introduction. But that doesn't make any sense because we know that the mayor is looking for this person like forthwith. The mayor is in a rush too. The mayor isn't the problem. It's the layers of defense between him. Like you can't just walk into the mayor's room, which is what Quoth has actually done. But normally like- the mayor must know that. The mayor must know that those layers are there. The mayor has a thousand other things to do though. Yeah, but if he wants something, he's going to have to work for it a little bit. No, he's going to, it's going to be taken care of for him. Obviously it's not. Obviously the layers are per, are not permitting it to occur. Jordana, if you had it on good authority that the prime minister needed a graphic designer with your exact skill set, how would you go about getting that audience? That That's not the same because he asked Thrape directly to find him someone and Thrape did. That would be like okay, so if let's the prime say, minister was looking for a graphic be, designer and asked someone specifically to find 
a person, that person found me, and then it was a pain in the ass for me to go do that. I wouldn't go do that. I'd go get a better job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you're not both. But the, Nick's analogy is relevant because the point is you can't just walk up to the prime minister or even the premier of the province or even the mayor of the city and right. say, hey, I'm the person you were looking for. And I have this letter from, from, from this guy you know. You would be tackled by bodyguards. You wouldn't even get in the door. But what I'm saying is the mayor should know that those are challenges that people trying to reach him will come up against. And he should be making something so that when those challenges occur for those people, it is easier for them to reach him. I don't know, like maybe he's got some kind of specific calling card that he can give to them that will get them through those layers faster. Like there's something missing here. That's what Thrape's letter is for. Thrape's letter isn't enough though, obviously. Yes, that's because because the mayor is so important that he needs layers of people in between him and the riffraff just so he can get what he needs to get done in a day. Well, also, Quoth is so unimportant. If a noble presented Thrape's letter, maybe there would be, it wouldn't be so difficult, but Quoth has nothing, right? Quoth has no cachet in the culture. Quoth is literally beneath any of their notice. But was the mayor expecting to get, to have Thrape get him a noble? Yeah, probably. Um. Like part of, part of what Quoth is having to do here is make a good first impression. And he can't just show up in the clothes he was, he's, he was wearing and say, Hey, I'm the guy Thrape sent. Because if he did, then, then the mayor would go, Thrape sent me you, you disgusting ragamuffin. Get out of my sight. I understand the whole like clothing stuff. It's the layers of bureaucracy that are pissing me off. Yeah, it sucks, right? Layers of bureaucracy are awful. Isn't it terrible that poor people can't get the attention they need because of layers of bureaucracy? Doesn't that piss you I, I off? Mean, I hate bureaucracy in the real world too, but what I'm saying is it's a bit much in the book. No, it's, I mean, that's the point. If anything, it's it's less in the book. If anything, this is like a, a merry fantasy that where we can all go, ah, it feels good that our protagonist can waltz his way through the bureaucracy so easily. Because if Quoth needed, like, healthcare in America, do you think he'd have an easy time of it? What I'm trying to get at is not, like, Quoth's exact situation. It's that it feels like only Quoth could achieve this. Like, yes. it seems so difficult yes. for him that it feels like only he could achieve it. And that's what's wrong with it. Because if Thrape could have gotten somebody else, they probably would have done what I would have done in this situation, which has been like, nah, that's way too much trouble. I'm just going to find another half-decent job. Exactly. Isn't it uh, terrible that the upper echelons of society are uh, living in an insular world, not really in touch with the needs and attention of the lower classes, even if those lower classes have something to offer? That is actually relevant, too, because it's not just that Thrape needs the bureaucracy to keep him, you know, insulated from the riffraff. It's that he isn't aware how big the barriers are for people who he actually wants to talk to to be able to talk to him. You mean the mayor? Yes. Okay, you just said Thrape, so I wasn't sure. I, I meant the mayor, sorry. Okay. Yes, the point is that, like, the mayor probably doesn't think it's going to be that hard for Thrape's, whoever Thrape is going to send him to get in touch with him, because he doesn't know what life is like for ordinary people, because he's the mayor. But as you say, Jordana, this does help demonstrate Quoth's cleverness, and thank you to, uh, to Patrick for, I'm, I'm stealing this from you in the chat. This is sort of like an early attest that Quoth passes, even though he doesn't know that it's, it's even though the mayor doesn't know that the test is there, Quoth passes it and can impress this way. Right. Because, Something I want to talk about but, on this page. 
I really want to move away from this topic because I feel like we're piling on Jordana a little bit, but you finish your thought, Jeremy. Well, I just want to point out that one of the things that the mayor asked for in his letter is someone who can interact with high society, with like decent folk. And Quoth has is proving that he can do that by navigating the layers of so, like the social mores and the layers of aristocrats in order to get his audience with the mayor, right? Fine, I see the point. I'll let it go. So something that this page does that I wish happened more, or at least like when it doesn't happen, I get a little irked, is that Quoth has the line where he says. This was the person I was looking for, the mayor's manservant, Stapes. He talks to us and tells us who this person was. He doesn't just go, Stapes said this, which he does several times. And in the book, we, like Jeremy, to your point, I know you like to to argue this back to me, is that he would have learned this name, so it's fine that he can then start referring to this character by this name. But we, the readers, haven't learned this name yet or who this character is and why the name has been assigned to them and how Quoth has made that connection. And I think that's important information in order for us to understand. This feels different than the Ambrose situation, though. Like, you know how he just knows Ambrose's name? Like, this feels different because we know he was doing research. Okay, but in, like, it's just... So it makes sense for us to, to know to, like, have that name just thrown at us because we can be like, oh, yeah, definitely part of his research, whatever. Yeah, and he could, in the Ambrose, he could say, I later learned that this this guy's name was Ambrose. You know, just one line like that would right, be really but helpful. but he doesn't, he doesn't say that. Like, my point is, in this situation... In the book, we are given the information that he is doing research. Before we are introduced to that name, we know he is doing research. So that is the it does not compare to the Ambrose situation for me. Okay. Well, I've I've said my piece. Okay. I disagree. <laughs> I climbed down off my fence to disagree with you. Well then, we shall read a letter. This letter is from Graham, who writes, Hey, hey, a shout out on yesterday's episode. Jeremy, I think all the positive points you brought up for Sanderson see, uh, sound awfully familiar. And he includes a link to uh, a Penny Arcade comic, which involves Tycho and Gabe complaining about, uh, I assume, Brandon Sanderson. Uh, yes, a Sandersonian. We'll link this in the chat. What I really love is the Wheel of Time, but I'm actually lukewarm on Sanderson, though, of course, there's some intersections occurring in that Venn diagram. I agree with all your critiques of his work. I just find that there's still enough worthwhile to read his stuff, despite these shortcomings. But a significant correction. You said he puts out a book every year or two. Nay, nay, that beast puts out more like two books a year. He's not Roth's quality, but there's something to be said for never having to wait that long for something new to read. The toddler may take up a lot of time, but I always make some time to listen to you bunch. Signed, Graham. Oh, this is our friend Graham. Indeed. I did not realize that at first. Well, Graham's point is well taken. I definitely did read my fair share of the Wheel of Time books, and I got sick of them in middle school. Uh, but uh, what one of the things Graham's alluding to there is that Sanderson took over that series when Robert Jordan died before he could finish them. Uh, and Sanderson kind of was like his hand-picked successor. What this kind of reminds me of is the way I feel about Redwall, which was awesome when I was like 8 to 12 and I tried to read it again as an adult and immediately found it like very simple and tedious. And I couldn't even get past the first chapter, which was awful because I have great memories of it. and I would love to reread it, but it's just absolutely not for grownups. And I kind of wonder if that's like what's going on with with Sanderson, where it's like awesome if you're a teenager or a young adult and it's just like exactly pitched to you and what you need. And then so you generate those 
those good feelings about it and maybe you get into it and you carry through into adulthood but you probably i don't know maybe it's harder to get started if you have a certain uh shall we say preference in the maybe. way your books I mean, are written i think that he has lots of fans who are older than being teenagers but did they start when they were teenagers unclear like i i know plenty of people who are fans of brandon sanderson and who are my age or older like Graham. And I don't think Graham could have started when he was a teenager because Sanderson hasn't been around for that long. Anyway, it's nice to know that Graham's still listening to us after all this time. I didn't even know that Sanderson existed until I met you guys. Well, you're you're not as uh, obsessive a fantasy reader as either of us. I mean, I'm not as obsessive a reader, period. So... Uh, but listeners, you're all obsessive. Yeah, you're obsessive listeners, and you will continue listening to us. Every day for the rest of time on page of the wind. wind.